The following program is a production of Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans. Here's your local racing authority, Sam Chapman, with this week's Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio. Welcome, race fans, and this is the Sound of Speed on Beach Booster Radio, and I'm your host, Sam, here to recap a busy weekend of racing with Formula One in China, the Verizon IndyCar Series hit the streets of Long Beach, WEC kicks off their season in Silverstone, and the NASCAR Xfinity and Sprint Cup Series would be in Bristol for two great days of short track racing. We'll get things rolling with Formula One in China for the Chinese Grand Prix. Nico Rosberg would continue his dominance getting the pole and qualifying and leading the field off the starting line Sunday. The story of the day would be Lewis Hamilton driving from the back of the pack at the front after a grid penalty and troubles in qualifying would put him in the back of the field. He would get into some trouble going to turn one on lap one and lose the front wing, forcing him to pit on the first lap. Ferrari's Kimi Raikkonen would suffer a similar fate after contact with his teammate on the opening lap would also cause wing damage. Luckily for both those drivers, the safety car would be called so the track crews could get all the debris cleared up after a crazy opening lap. From this point on, the race would stay fairly clean as Rosberg would cruise to his third victory of 2016, making it six consecutive Grand Prix victories for Rosberg, going back to 2015, becoming the fourth F1 driver to do so, putting him in great company with drivers like Sebastian Vettel and Michael Schumacher. Vettel would come home in second, and Daniel Kvyat would come home in third for his second podium of his career. Lewis Hamilton would drive from dead last in the field following the safety car to rebound with a seventh-place finish in the points. The Verizon IndyCar Series would hit the streets of Long Beach for the final time as Long Beach closes its doors to racing following this weekend. The Verizon IndyCar Series drivers would be in Long Beach for the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. It would be Elio Castroneves that would capture the pole for Sunday's race, but it would be Simon Pagenaud with a daring move on Scott Dixon leaving the pits following the final round of pit stops that would get him the lead and the win on the streets of Long Beach. Dixon would finish in second, and Elio Castroneves would come home in third in the final podium spot. The World Endurance Championship, or WEC Series, would get their 2016 season rolling at the legendary Silverstone Circuit in the UK for the six hours of Silverstone. It would appear that Audi would get the win after Porsche's top LMP1 car would get into a fellow Porsche GT car on track, pitching the multi-million dollar highly tactical machine on its side before it returned to all fours and done for the event. Audi would capitalize on the problems and take the lead for the remainder of the event, but in post-race inspection, they had worn out their front skid plate, passed regulations, and series officials stripped Audi of the win, handing the win to the second-place Porsche, piloted by Roman Dumas, Neil Jani, and Mark Lieb. The NASCAR Xfinity Series would be at the high-bank Bristol Motor Speedway for the Fitzgerald Glider Kits 300. For the first time in series history, the field would be set by heat races, each race setting up how the inside and outside rows lined up for the feature event. Eric Jones would win race one and lead the inside line to the drop of the green flag, and Austin Dillon would line up second, leading the outside row. Kyle Larson looked like he had the race won when a late race caution would come out, tightening up the field and bringing Kyle Busch and Eric Jones to his rear bumper. On the final restart, Bush and Larson would battle hard for the lead, but with two to go, Eric Jones would get by both those Spring Cup Series drivers and cruise to his first Xfinity Series win of 2016, locking him into the inaugural Xfinity chase. Jones is the first driver to lock in his spot in the Xfinity Series chase. Here's what he had to say post-race. Yeah, a great day overall for us. Um, you know, we started off the race really good, and, and then as the race went on, we got shuffled back there to third, and then on a restart back to fourth, fifth, and you know, it's funny, but think back to those little moments where we were racing people so hard that uh, those little spots we gained at the end of the day were, were really what made it happen on that last restart. So just pretty proud of all these guys, and uh, we've, we've grown a lot since Daytona and getting to this point and getting a win here. And being the 18 and the 42 is a really big day for us, and uh, pretty cool to be the first Xfinity regular to, uh, to get a win. 
The NASCAR Sprint Cup Series would be in Bristol for the Food City 500. Teammates Carl Edwards and Matt Kenseth would lead the field down to the drop of the green flag Sunday afternoon. When the green flag flew, Dale Earnhardt Jr. would lose all power and stumble on the start. He would be forced to pit road so the team could get his car running and back out on track. After Jr. switched ignition boxes, his 88 Chevrolet came back to life and he returned to the track two laps down. It wouldn't take long for the first yellow flag to fly. When the Sound of Speed pre-race pit, Kyle Busch would lose a right front tire, slamming the turn two wall, forcing him to the pits for repairs. This would be the first in a string of incidents for Bush. The second incident would come on lap 117 when Chris Busher would get into the back of the 18, sending him around, bringing out another yellow flag. Kyle Larson would be running well Sunday when he would break a rear track bar mount and go for a spin, bringing out the yellow flag on lap 148. This would make his car completely undrivable, forcing him to the pits, sending him several laps down while they repaired his 42 Target Chevrolet. Matt Kenseth would be the next driver to have issues as he would lose a right front tire, slamming into the turn two wall, ending his shot at a win after Kenseth had led 142 laps Sunday afternoon. Kyle Busch's rough day would continue as he would lose another right front tire, sending him into the outside wall for the second time Sunday afternoon, bringing out the yellow flag on lap 230. This would look like it would be it and put an end to Bush's long day, but on his way back to the garage area, a fan would be taking photos and not paying attention, and Bush, whose car was filled with smoke, would strike the fan with the right side of his car. Fortunately, the young lady would get back up and brush it off, taking to Twitter later on that night to say she was sore, but okay. The final yellow flag would fly on lap 495 as Danica Patrick and Regan Smith would get together as Patrick was trying to battle another car. This would send Smith across the inside of the track and back up the banking, hitting the turn three wall hard, forcing NASCAR to throw the yellow flag. Carl Edwards, who had dominated the race, would lead the field down to the final green flag of the day, where Dale Earnhardt Jr., who was two laps down to begin the race, would try to get the lead from Edwards in overtime. Edwards was able to keep away from the 88 car and cruised to his first win of 2016 in the Food City 500. Dale Earnhardt Jr. would come home in second, Kurt Busch in third, Chase Elliott, who got his career first top five last weekend, one-upped it this week with a fourth, and Trevor Bain got his first top five of 2016. I have to give a special mention to Matt DiBandetto in the 83 car that came home in sixth. This is a small, underfunded organization that doesn't get a whole bunch of help from the bigger teams, and that boy was in tears at the end of the race. He drove his heart out in the closing laps and earned that great run. Carl Edwards got the pole, won the race, and led 276 laps in between. Here's what he had to say after a dominating weekend. So um, it was a, a really great race for us. I mean, it started on Friday. The car was, well, started this winter building these cars, but um, the car was really fast in qualifying. We got the first pit stall, and got, that meant a lot to the guys. They were ready to, to uh, put last week immediately behind them, and they did. They were just flawless on pit road. The car was really fast, and... Um, you know, Dave did a good job of managing everything. Um, you know, we didn't have any trouble. And uh, really, it's just a testament to, to everybody at the shop and, and our whole team. It's really awesome to have a win so that now we can really have some fun and, and focus on this championship. Points as NASCAR continues its short track stretch on the calendar. Kevin Harvick leads Carl Edwards, Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, and Kyle Busch rounds out the top five in the NASCAR Spring Cup Series point standings. For the second week in a row, Dale Earnhardt Jr. came from a lap or more down and rebounded with a great finish. Here's what he had to say post-race. We got the roush system on our cars for the stuck throttle issue and just warming the brakes up. I, I, I engaged that system to, to kill the throttle. I, I was warming the brakes up like I always do, and apparently applied too much pressure and it killed the motor. So uh, we'll work on that and maybe raise that threshold a little bit because it, it was, you know, I wasn't really using the throttle brake that much. But 
So I just needed to cycle the ECU to reset that. Came to pit road and did that. I probably could have done it on the track and saved ourselves a lot of trouble. But um, you know, you don't know what's going on at that particular point, and you get you, you listen to the first thing anybody anybody tells you when it comes to direction. And uh, the first thing I, my spotter said was, "If I need to pit, I need to come on now." So we got on pit road, cycled it, lost a couple laps. Greg did a good job um, getting the wave arounds, knowing when to take them and stuff. And we got the lead, uh, got it back on the lead lap. We had about a 10th place car. We weren't really that good um, all day. We tried, you know, a setup that we've never really ran here before, just trying to learn a little something going forward. And uh, we'll go home and science it out a little bit. Join me this Sunday as I get you set up for the Toyota Owners 400 from the Richmond International Raceway. Until then, you can head on over to the Sound of Speed's Facebook and Twitter pages to keep in touch and up to speed with all sorts of motorsports news throughout the week. Before I go, I'd like to thank Beach Booster Radio. Without them, the sound of speed wouldn't be possible. Head on over to beachboosterradio.ca to listen to some great music, shows, and keep in touch with everything with Saggy Beach. Hit the podcast tab at the top of the page where you can find the latest edition of the sound of speed and all the other great shows Beach Booster Radio has to offer. Be sure to check out the blog where you can find the digital version of the Beach Booster publication, which is always great to read. You can also download the Beach Booster Radio app from the Google Play and Apple App Store and take Beach Booster Radio with you everywhere you go. That's better for today. Don't forget to join me, Sunday as I get you set up for all the action at the Richmond International Raceway as the NASCAR Spring Cup Series prepares for the Toyota Owners 400. Until then, thanks for listening, and have a great night, race fans. The preceding program is a production of Beach Booster Radio, written, recorded, and produced in Wasaga Beach, Ontario. We thank you for listening to Beach Booster Radio, Wasaga Beach's only locally owned and operated radio station. We are local. We are Wasaga Beach. We are Beach Booster. Hi, this is Brian Smith, mayor of the town of Wasaga Beach, and you're listening to Beach Booster Radio.